chapter four of natalie page this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org natalie page by katherine haviland taylor chapter four what mary eleanor told me the next morning i got up quite early and mrs crane who did too helped me to assemble my things she loaned me a suitcase for the bridge jackets and my pin cushions which would not go in the trunk and then taking a few of the best flowers from each bouquet made them into a small one which she pinned on me with a lovely little gold-headed pin which she called a violet pin and all the time we worked together she talked most comfortingly if everything seems right different at first dear she said as she folded up my nightie and bathrobe don't worry things have a way of smoothing out you know and you'll accommodate yourself i suppose you're used to being outdoors i responded that i was then she said and very cheerfully think of the walks you can take in new york the things you can see the most beautiful buildings and parks and dear knows what all honey why you'll have a beautiful time i sort of hope i confided that i can get to one of the big league games it was hard for me to speak of it because i did so want to go and i was afraid it wouldn't be suitable or something for almost invariably things that are pleasant are not proper to do i've always noticed it but mrs crane thought my uncle would take me if i told him how much i cared about going do you i said and ever so earnestly for it meant a great deal to me i don't see how he could help it she answered and then after kissing me she told me to hurry on with my dressing and come down to breakfast and i did as i did my hair which was at that time a very simple operation and involved three licks of the comb and one rubber strap i thought of mrs crane and i did wish i could stay with her for i began to see that my clothes did look strange and i knew that she would help me to fix them without laughing at me or them bradley dear had had them made so that i was too aware of them and so that no one else could overlook them it is hard to explain but the trimmings and the dresses didn't mix and the braid drew attention to the dresses and the dresses drew attention to the braid which was not all moored on the level i anchored a good deal of it myself and i can tell you that it is far easier to pitch against a left-handed batter than to put on a yard of serpentine braid beside being a great deal more interesting just as i had got my dress on and was trying to hook it under the arm someone tapped and after my come in i found it was mary eleanor bill's home she said first he just got in he's glad he's going to meet you he likes baseball too i've something to tell you but i don't just know how it is a delicate thing to say and requires womanly tact of which i have not much since father whips us if we tell fibs that kind of an upbringing is an awful handicap she sat down after this and began to plait her handkerchief if you feel as if you ought to say it i said go to it i won't mind and she did it's about the bracelet she said mother doesn't believe in such things but aunt eliza she's our cook knows all about them and she says that probably the ghost of the first owner has put a hand on it i don't believe in such stuff i answered you know how niggers are i know mary eleanor answered but well look here your own mother thought so thought what i asked and quickly i was getting excited and i wanted her to come to the point thought madame jumel didn't want any one to wear her bracelet and made them unhappy in some queer way if they did every one who wears that bracelet has awful things happen to em what i asked i sat down on the foot of the bed well mother said your mother said that because she wore it 
the first time your father kissed her he died with pneumonia before he'd ever seen you she said that made it i don't believe it i asserted i was annoyed it didn't sound like mrs crane mary eleanor bridled and her eyes snapped then don't she said i only thought someone ought to tell you before something frightful happened to you and i don't lie miss natalie page you can ask my father because he taught me not to and i know you don't i answered and i'm sorry i said that and then i decided i'd better hear the story beside i wanted to so i told her to tell me all about what she knew of it and she did it seems they have a room which they call the winter room and this contains a cosy little alcove lighted by a high window which is remote and an ideal reading spot and one day after mrs crane got uncle frank's letter the letter about my coming mary eleanor happened to be there reading it was a book she had read before and of course she knew what happened next and so she wasn't especially interested and what her mother and father said sort of floated in her consciousness and rooted she said before she realized that she was listening then since they hadn't known she was there she decided not to enlighten them she knew that they would be shocked by her presence and she assured me that she always tried to be considerate and she reasoned further that since she had heard so much almost involuntarily there was no use stuffing up her ears and besides she was interested it was interesting but i didn't believe it then ted mrs crane had said dr crane's first name is theodore i want to give natalie page that bracelet but you know poor nelly's foolish fear of it bothers me nonsense dr crane answered and mary eleanor said she knew he was smoking by the tight way he spoke i suppose it is mrs crane said isn't it why of course it is nothing the matter with that bracelet my dear how could it affect anything and as for poor carter page's pneumonia carter page was my father and he was an admiral in the navy he went off with that because of a severe climatic change a bad sailing and a weak heart and of course nelly was upset both physically and mentally by that but before said mrs crane you know her little sister the one who was killed in that carroll county hunt thrown from a horse well she'd borrowed this bracelet and wore it that day my dear said dr crane that's simply coincidence and it certainly proves nothing i think nelly's daughter ought to have it because of its historic value and i wouldn't be bothered for a second by those imaginings then mary eleanor heard him scratch a match and relight his pipe she said that it was really interesting the way she could tell what was going on without seeing it it was like movies for the blind suppose said mrs crane there is something in that sort of thing although of course there isn't and i did give this child something that would then dr crane asked if she needed a tonic which is his way of saying that people are cross or crazy or nervous mrs crane laughed ted she said i know i am crazy but when i remember it and then mary eleanor said her voice became soft as she told this story i had heard it but never told this way and here it is i was born while my father was cruising the pacific each day he had hoped to be able to come home but orders were against him and like all sailors he had to abide by those and not by the dictates of his heart and so i grew for three months and then one day my mother heard that father was to come home and would probably be in port within three or four weeks mrs crane's description of that was lovely and she could describe it for my mother then lived in the green spring valley with grandpapa and mrs crane went there often taking alex barbara and william mary eleanor wasn't at that time excitement ted said mrs crane i wish you might have seen it but you remember how i told of it a little well nelly was the happiest little person i've ever seen and simply delighted over the beautiful baby she had waiting to show her husband each day little natalie who really was a sweet child was dressed in her best and ready for display 
for nelly couldn't realize that three weeks at least must elapse before her big husband could come home to her and she herself pretty as ever would wail dear do you think i'm as pretty as i was carter always thought me pretty you know do you and then quickly but if he doesn't there's the baby and she is a beauty always was a coquette said dr crane yes admitted mrs crane nelly knew her husband was wild about her they really loved each other too much the other would have been easier if they had been a bit closer to normal caring and then came what i have always known and been saddened by for my poor little mother after getting me all ready for my daddy and herself all ready for him too both of us in our prettiest things had a wire and in this she heard that he was dead and when she heard that she took off the bracelet i did not know this part of the story and flung it far from her and then she fainted and she never cried at all which i can understand well a few months went on and although they said i cared a great deal for her she didn't seem to care for anything even me and quite naturally she began to be ill i suppose that there was nothing left for which life was worth the living a big mammy took care of me and my grandpapa loved me a lot but i am sure even then that i wanted my mother most one day perhaps six or eight months after my father's death my mother asked for the jumel bracelet and when they brought it to her with a dent in the side which had come from her throwing it she smiled i'm going to take it to its jealous owner chloe she said to my mammy or at least i will take it where no one else can wear it and where madame jumel will not mind its being worn and then again she smiled and when she died she had it on her arm and of course she had meant that she was to be buried in it but chloe my mammy would not have that she did not believe in carrying unhappiness to the other world and like a great many of her race believed that you could take things with you if they went in your coffin which is of course silly for all you really take is love and the widest part of your soul i am sure all jealousies and hurts and little things stay here and i like to believe so but to get on old chloe told my grandfather and he a broken-hearted old man took it off and then he kissed my mother's arm at the spot where the bracelet had made a mark and he said it's all right now my little girl isn't it it's all right now for he hoped she was very happy and then he went off and sat down on the porch his head sagging down on his chest and in his hands the jumel bracelet there were three years which followed three years in which nothing happened and then my grandfather began to lose money i remember that time although i was only three and a half i remember his holding me very tight and pressing his face against my chest and i remember that i always hugged him and said grandad dear for chloe who taught me everything had said your granddaddy done gotta have a lot o love honey child he done gotta for he's lost a lot o love a powerful lot for two of his daughters and his wife had all gone within eight years and i did love him i remember also how when they brought him in bleeding and with his eyes wide open but sightless how i felt how i screamed and how even chloe could not stop me little by little he had lost money and the small sums had worried him and he had tried to catch them back with the big ones and somehow after a little time of this there were no big ones and then one day in hunting season they found my dear grandfather by a stile where they thought he had fallen and accidentally discharged his gun which is of course possible anyway he had evidently lain there for a good many hours and he had bled to death and they found the jumel bracelet in his pocket flattened and bent looking as if someone had stepped on it ground it into the earth and believed the story chloe took charge of it and mrs crane saw it when she came out to take charge of me until i should go to uncle frank's and mrs crane took the bracelet because she thought no one of our family would want to see it since even uncle frank seemed to believe in the ill omens it carried she had it straightened and made whole again and sometimes wore 
but not often since she cared deeply for my mother and the memories it gave her hurt and so the bracelet was kept until i got it dr crane asked about aunt penelope and how she would feel about it but mrs crane said she had never believed a word of the tale she was my mother's much older half-sister my grandfather first married a northern woman and after she died my mother's mother it won't bother penelope said mrs crane and she laughed and then mary eleanor said she added i wonder how natalie will get on there ted i imagine there is a good deal of worldliness and thought of form i do hope it will be all right for if she is like her mother she is a dear End of chapter four